you know, similar size colonial or something. With, I think it's within a half mile radius of the home. And if they can show three comps of, you know, higher rent, then Section 8 will just adjust the rent. You know, maybe Void Tech could touch a little bit on, on the Florida situation. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Sarah Larby here. You are watching and listening to Where Should I Invest? And we are talking with Wojtek, Mardula, and James Lloyd today on investing in the U.S. markets. They are well-versed in Michigan and Florida, helping real estate investors in Canada buy U.S. properties in a turnkey, very passive opportunity. And they have helped many investors, many of you as well, listening and many of my students. So Wojtek and James are going to be sharing what we need to know about investing in the US markets. But before we bring them on, Dahlia, what is new and exciting in the investment world? Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. In today's episode, I will continue to share with you how to align financing with your chosen investment strategy. Today's strategy is long-term buy-and-holds of residential properties, that is, properties that are one to four units. If you're planning on holding a property for years to come, then give yourself flexibility and options with respect to the mortgage product you choose. On a long-term buy-and-hold, I put a lot of weight on flexibility, reserves, and easy access to equity for continued growth. As time passes, your property will very likely continue to increase in value. Your tenant or you on a primary residence will continue to pay down the mortgage. Opportunities will come your way that you would want to jump on quickly and in a cost-efficient way. And life will happen. Things pop up from time to time, from repairs to vacancies to sometimes hardships. As the saying goes, luck favors the prepared and that is where an advanceable mortgage product on a long-term buy and hold comes in. An advanceable mortgage is a product that is offered with the various banks and lending institutions. A few lenders offer it only on primary residences, but the top five banks offer it on rental properties as well. Here's how it works. The mortgage comes with a secured line of credit attached to it. The line of credit is dynamic, meaning as you pay down the principal on the mortgage, the HELOC's limit increases automatically, which is a very powerful feature that gives you the option to reaccess this equity without having to go and do a full refinance or go through the mortgage qualification all over again. Let's say you have a property that is worth $750,000 that is currently got a mortgage of $350,000 on it. If we were to switch this mortgage to an advanceable mortgage, and assuming that you qualify for 80% of the value in a loan amount, then the new loan would be a total of 600000 Under an advanceable mortgage, we can split this into two components, a mortgage and a line of credit. So the mortgage component would be $350,000 to replace the old mortgage you had, and you would get a new dynamic HELOC for $250,000. Here are a couple of things that are really cool about this. Number one, you can have your cake and eat it too using this product. 
Often, when a mortgage is paid down fully on an asset, you have to refinance to tap into the equity that you accumulated through the pay down. That is not the case with an advanceable mortgage, unless you want to tap into equity that accumulated as a result of a rise in market value. Let's say year one, you paid down $15,000 of principal. The HELOC limit will increase by that amount, and you do not need to wait until the end of the year to access this $15,000. You have the option to do so as the amounts build up gradually over time. Number two, the $250,000 line of credit does not cost you anything every month. Once you start using the funds, you can pay an interest only or a principal and an interest payment on the amount of money that you used. But let's say that at some point you have used a large chunk on your HELOC and you wish to pay it down like a mortgage. As a feature, you can roll it into a mortgage by calling your lender without going through a full refinance. And then the cycle starts all over again. As you pay down that mortgage, you reaccumulate the funds on the line of credit. Number three, you can slice and dice an advanceable mortgage into various loan components to help you with your cash flow and mitigating risk. For example, at the time of setting up the loan, you can slice the mortgage into multiple fixed and variable rate components. And you can also set up various line of credits. Number four, at times of tight cash flow, you can tap into the line to make a mortgage payment and then make an interest-only payment on the line. Let's say you have a mortgage payment for $2,000 coming up. You can pay it from the line of credit, then make a monthly interest-only payment on the line, which is drastically lower than the $2,000 you are going to pay. At today's prime rate of 3.7%, for example, your interest payment would be $6.00 for that $2,000 payment. I highly recommend setting up an advanceable mortgage on your properties when you can, not when you need it. In the midst of a rising interest rate environment, which is the environment we are heading into right now, qualification for such products will get tighter and tighter. If you would like to revisit your portfolio for opportunities to set up an advanceable mortgage, contact our team at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Awesome, Dahlia. That was great. Thanks very much. And guys, hopefully you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget, if you are interested in going to our retreats or attending one of the masterclasses, send me a message or reach out to me on Instagram, Investor Sarah Larby. And let's bring on Voitech and James. James Voitech, welcome back. Awesome to be here, Sarah. Thank you so much for inviting us back. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much for having us. It is interesting because I, I feel like, you know, every time I learn so much about the U.S. market, every time you're on, every time that you present on the right club. And I think the first time we connected, it was a podcast. I, I want to say it's been about maybe a year and a half ago. I was at my cottage and the prices that I was hearing and like, I remember my spouse was in the other room and he's like, these prices seem amazing. <laughs> he's like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just so interesting to, to learn about other markets and, and what's been happening. And I think you've, you've done a lot of work with investors, uh, common, you know, people that we know from the right club, from my connections and you've, you've helped them. So I wanted to bring you guys today just to get, you know, a pulse on what's happening in, in 2022, what you've been doing, what's been working and, and, uh, what is happening in, in Detroit. And I think you're, you're now, you know, starting out to, into different markets. So we'll talk all about that today. What is new and exciting? So, start? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, you know, last year we ventured into, into Florida, the Florida market, which is one of the most exciting, hottest markets in the U.S. at the moment. There's been massive population migration into that state, uh, especially during COVID. You know, they, they were a little bit more liberal about their uh, COVID restrictions and policies. And uh, so a lot of people flock there. I mean, people have been moving there anyways. I mean, you have, you know, the snowbirds, everyone, you know, is planning on retirement there. The taxes are very, uh, very inexpensive. And we've been able to really focus on the Tampa Bay and Orlando markets there um, and, and, and sort of anything in between. There's a massive amount of development that's happening in that in that area and um, behind, um, you know, Miami and South Beach in that area. It's definitely the hottest, the fastest developing area in Florida, um, you know, so. Uh, so we've had a we've had a lot of success there. We've we've been we've bought a number of properties there. We've uh, multis and mostly single families, uh, and we've delivered them to investors. So that that that'll develop last year, and we formed a tremendous team there, um, and we've been really happy with the results. Um, so we're going to continue into that market in 2023 and, and you know, and, and going forward. Um, Michigan uh, has remained extremely hot as well. Um, you know, the, the growth, uh, the jumps we've seen last year in, in real estate and in, in valuations have been, uh, you know, have been better than than the last previous five years, you know, and we thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of it having to do with the work from home environment and uh, people really, I think, valuing their homes and their their, their real, real estate even more than they were before um, in the sense that, you know, now it's somewhere where they're also working and, and living out of a lot of people starting businesses, uh, using their homes uh, and also investing a lot uh, during the pandemic. There's been a massive influx of renovations and home improvement. Um, you know, the supplies have been running low in many ways because people are going out there and, and, and buying them all up and, and improving their homes and improving their values. Um, and, and, and the banks and the finance institutions continue to lend, uh, you know, based on those phone, based on those homes, based on valuations. Uh, people doing a lot of refinancing uh, in, in Michigan and in Florida, pulling a lot of equity out based on the values have been appreciated. Uh, so it's been a, a, a banner year in terms of valuations. And, and, and what's really interesting is that this year, we, you know, we always, one of the strategies that we have is I always talk to appraisers a lot and find out how busy they are, you know, at any given point, because if they're continuing to get booked at a very high rate, them and stagers, uh, you know, you can tell that the market is still doing really, really well. I mean, there's a lot of planning and, and you know, and, and, and people not only refinancing, but also buying. And the appraiser is a good indicator as to as to what's happening also with refis as well as sales. Uh, so I've been I've spoken to a, a, a number of our trusty appraisers and uh, they've told us they're extremely busy. They're very booked up. So we're expecting another another massive year this year, uh, you know, in the in the U.S. So we're very excited about it. That, that's a lot that's happening for you guys. A lot of new, a lot of exciting, but you know what? I will, I will say having the, the connections with the appraisers is going to be key. Even if, if you're in Ontario or you're in Canada somewhere, just having a pulse because a lot of people are refinancing these properties. They're not necessarily selling them. So the comps on the sales aren't necessarily going to be what they are going to be on the refi. And so if you have other investors that are investing in the area, or you've got a good realtor, that's an investor that, that has a good pulse on the refis or, or, you know, in this example, like you guys have the relationship with the appraisers that is going to be really important to running the numbers and, and understanding what like the actual after repair value is going to be rather than just looking at sold comps because a lot of people are keeping them these days. 
You're absolutely right. You know, I mean, I think one of the things that's really developed for us, you know, since, you know, we first met Sarah, you know, on your podcast is like our, our team and our infrastructure and our operation is just continue to mature and grow, um, you know, and that comes with time and, you know, we're really proud of it. And, you know, we are a full turnkey operator as your, as your guests know, or your listeners know. Um, and one of the things that's really developed is that Detroit team, like the Detroit property management. Um, and we have relationships with people like you're talking about, like with brokers and appraisers. And we do a lot of due diligence of running the numbers and have a really, are, you know, a really good feel uh, about what exactly the evaluations are. Um, and I think we really pass that along to our, our Canadian clients. You know, there's been a lot of success uh, in us picking the right properties. Uh, knowing the areas where those valuations are going to be there for our clients as they want to refinance and scale, and uh, you know everything is double checked by our Detroit team, by the uh, by the brokers, and um, you know when you get to this stage of our development, we also know it like the back of our hands, right? But yeah, it's been a really exciting year for us. We continue to grow. You know, as as COVID has has come on and things have gone more online, and we're doing more of these podcasts and we're going to less of the in person meetings. We've really branched out to a wider section of the Canadian real estate community, and there are a ton of Canadians, you know, who have had a desire to to look at the U.S. Right, but kind of maybe found it a little daunting. And I'll just say that the fact that you know we're Canadian at our core and have this infrastructure, this turnkey network, and property management and relationships with, you know, sourcing the properties and you know Voitex and Pamela's experience in purchasing there for so many years, we've really found a niche, and it's an exciting time for us, and we really look forward to continue to expand and and working with Canadians down in Detroit and Florida. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite strategy, the Burr strategy. So he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjack contractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have you can also reach out to him instagram which is at blackjack contracting inc and like he says he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives so when you have blackjack on your side the house always wins so guys 100 i recommend blackjack contracting i will say that Finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the Burr strategy. And now back to the show. That is cool. And you, and you know, as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, you know what, you guys have grown so much and, and you've helped so many yeah. people. But the, the first time that we met, I want to say, was yeah. it like 2018? Potentially or 2019. I want to say it was like summer and I was I was speaking at an event 
like a fire, a yeah. fire event and you approached me and like, okay, well, like let's keep in touch. And who yeah. knew that like you would be helping. It was so at Hemingway's in Toronto. That's right. Yes. It was at Hemingway's. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Okay. So, so let's, let's talk about prices, you know, yeah. and, and what prices have done, I guess, in, in, in 2022 in uh, Michigan and maybe in Florida, maybe you can share a little bit of insights on that because like we've seen, 30, 40% year over year increases in, in Ontario. I mean, I can't speak for, for every single province, but you know, it's, it's all gone up, you know, significant, significantly more than what we're used to in, in regular years because of the pandemic. I think it's also, you know, people are doing renovations to their homes and for whatever reason, it's just, there's, you know, well, there's low interest rates and, and all that good stuff, but people are, are hanging on to their properties and uh, in some areas are getting a lot of influx of, of people coming into the area. Right. And so that's going to push up prices, but a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of factors. What about Michigan? What about Florida? Let's maybe do Michigan first. Like what have you guys seen in the, you know, in the last two years now that we're, we're in, you know, February, March, April of, of 2022. It's been similar, Sarah, to to what's going on in Canada to a large degree. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing double-digit growth, uh, high teens, you know, 15, 18, 20 percent, depending on the areas. Um, you know, having said that, I feel that there's the, the real estate in Michigan still is very much undervalued, you know, because you take a $120,000 home that, you know, did the 20 percent, you know, okay, so now it's worth, you know, $140,000 or so, right, $145,000. Well, this is a colonial that would be worth, if you, if you transplanted that home into downtown Toronto, that's a $2 million home. So is there room from in a really nice neighborhood that's thriving and that's been fully, you know, it's being gentrified and there's better people moving. There's a lot of ownership. Is there room for that $140,000 to become a 200 or 250 or $300,000 home? And the answer is absolutely, right? Because we've seen, you know, adjacent neighborhoods where we've purchased where, you know, five years ago, homes were going for a hundred thousand. And we thought back then, oh, that's really expensive, right? You know, and we don't want to price ourselves up because we were purchasing at 30, 40,000 at that time, right? So we thought a hundred, oh, that's really expensive. So those homes are now worth 500,000 and they're creeping towards a million, right? So so this is what's happened there because they're, you know, four or 5,000 square foot homes, you know, uh, you know that are doctors, lawyers, accountants are picking up and, right. you know, moving into those areas. So- so what we're seeing is what we're really excited about is that now that the neighborhood has done really well, uh, should there be a downturn, okay, it's protected, right? It's, it's only going to maybe dip 10, 15%, and then it's going to, you know, level out and keep going because it's already at that point, right? But does it have room to grow? And does it, you know, can we go to 250, 300 over the next, you know, five, seven, 10 years? And the answer, in our opinion, is yes, just because there's so many macro factors that are contributing. You know, GM is continuing to expand there. All the automakers are continuing to dump huge capital into Detroit. Um, you know, investment, you know, I, I used to go to Detroit every two weeks. And, and during the pandemic, of course, I traveled less just because it was, you know, it was a little COVID heavy and, <laughs> and it was and it was tougher to getting across. You know, it was it was it was more difficult. So I would go maybe once every two months. And, and there was a, a period where I didn't go for four months. And now 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 we're back to every two week schedule that, that we're in the U.S., and I can tell you that the rate of development during COVID has been astonishing. You know, nothing's actually changed. People are, U.S. investors will continue to invest in Detroit. Foreigners continue to invest in Detroit. Uh, everything's just become more automated. And so, so there's massive growth. And so we feel that 
you know, um, the mayor of, of the city actually came out and they, they were asked you in an interview, you know, so they said, where are you in terms of this was a baseball game? You know, where are we in terms of development? And he said, we're in the third inning right now, maybe pushing fourth as far as where we want to be, what the plans are. And, you know, and, and, and because, you know, the, the market continues to thrive and there's so much foreign investment that's been put forth that, you know, I'm not going to sell my assets there that I bought for 30, 40,000 that are worth now two, 300,000. You know, I'm not going to sell these assets because the market continues to, to go at that 15, 20, 25% rate, uh, you know, and there's more and more investors that are, that are pouring in their funds. So it's the, it's the upside potential, the continued upside potential that really excites us, you know, and of course, you know, because the lending rates have actually, we've been able to source some better lenders in each market, which we're really excited about that have brought our percent and their, their interest rates down some cases, one and a half percent below where we were before we've been right. able to increase LTVs. So the returns have actually gone up. The rents yeah. have gone, have been continuing to go up. So we're still able to get people the returns that we have been getting two or three years ago. They just may be leveraged now and they may be in a better neighborhood, which are all positive anyways, right? So so, so we feel really optimistic about the market and, and we're going to continue to expand there, you know, for, for years to come. And I'm glad that you mentioned rents because, you know, if you're in a market and the prices go up and up, and again, there's no guarantee of everything going up forever. Like, I mean, you know, look at 2008, 2009, look at what happened to Detroit and Michigan. So like, we can never say with certainty, you know, we kind of look at the past and, and then we kind of, you know, look at the past 10 years and we kind of see, we look at the, like you said, the, the macroeconomics and, and what's happening in those areas. But, you know, there's, there's many places like, in Ontario, that the, the house prices are just going up and up and up, and so are the rents. But at what point is that the threshold where just it, it cannot because like income, income is not going up the same or remotely any, like it really isn't even going up, period. <laughs> you get like a 3% raise, you're actually below inflation. You Today, you get a 5% raise for next year, you are below inflation. So And so ultimately, your salaries are going to be less, they're going to be worth less, rents are going to go up. But like, there is going to be that threshold. What are your thoughts on, on that with, you know, when it comes to Michigan, when it comes to Florida? Well, I'll just touch really quickly on it. If you, if you don't mind, like I, I, I would just say that I have seen, you know, in, you know, in the years that we've been doing this, like, you know, pretty substantial increases, you know, we're, to take into account though, we're dealing with, you know, you know, substantially less than we are here in, in Ontario. Right. But when we first started doing this, I was seeing, you know, rents around like for a colonial home around like the eight, eight fifty, And then I would see it go to nine. And then I remember when 1100 was something we were really striving for. Now we're seeing some of our better, you know, four bedroom colonials getting 1450. It's great. You know, and we're also, you know, using predominantly the, the section eight rental program, right. Which we've talked about before to your listeners, which is the, you know, U S government guaranteed rental program. But, um, and it's, you know, not, it's, a bit of a, and it's not like it is here in Ontario, right? So like you, you right. get paid directly as the landlord and the, the tenant, I don't think can just like redirect it to themselves. That's right. <laughs> like, no, I, speak to a lot, I speak to a lot of Canadian real estate investors who have a little bit of a stigma when I first mentioned subsidized rent. I think of the ODSP program and yeah. have had a great, great, great experiences with that. Whereas, you know, we have actually had uh, the opposite where it's, it's enabled us to grow as a company and with our uh, property management, and most importantly, pay out every month to our investors, right? Whereas other outfits that are predominantly cash in their portfolio have had a difficult time 
especially when you factor in what's happened with COVID, right? Yeah. So and I, I would just say- I think it's yeah. also because of the landlord and tenant laws that are different over there, right? Versus here, like you are, you know, in Ontario, I can't speak for Alberta because it's not the same over there. It's a lot better. But like Ontario, you get a tenant, you get a bad tenant. I mean, you are taking, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 months to, to go through the board and get the actual eviction. Absolutely. So Michigan, and I'll speak for Michigan, uh, you know, it's very, it's quite the opposite, right? So it's much more landlord, Lord favored. You know, we take a lot of that, that risk out of the picture because obviously the biggest cause for eviction would be non-payment of rent, you know, whereas with the Section 8, we don't get that. And I would just say that our property management, you know, while a few small or bad apples slip through the cracks, do do a lot of, you know, due diligence on, on the potential tenants uh, by doing screening of, you know, past eviction or criminal record. And they also source them to see what kind of vibe they get off them. It seems like a good fit, you know, we'll move to place them in our homes, right? Um, just to go back to the rent increase, you know, when it will be kept, I'm, I'm not sure, but I could tell you that the way it is increased uh, in our properties is that they do a market rent analysis, rent analysis on an annual basis or even biannually by looking at, you know, other, you know, similar size colonials and things. I think it's within a half mile radius of the home. And if they can show three comps of, you know, higher rent, and Section 8 will just adjust the rent. You know, maybe Void could touch a little bit on on the Florida situation down there. I'm just not quite as up to date with the, the rent increasing down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the rents have gone up in Florida too. I mean, you know, I, I was I always tell investors who are looking at the US market is that you, you know, proportionately the rents are significantly lower in the US than they are in Canada. So, you know, so the average rent in the US is sort of around sixteen hundred a month. That's for a full home, you know, in right. a in a city, right? So uh so you know, so so you have a two family, you, you know, two income family. You know, in, in Detroit, like we're kind of averaging around, let's say, 1100, 1200 or so, right? right? But then you have each member that's going to bring in about 600 to the table. I mean, you're not talking, these are not the 30, 40% of, you know, gross income that, that people are paying in Ontario, right? If they're making even $40,000 a year, they're still, this is still very affordable. Right. And now, you know, and once it gets beyond that and it it becomes more beneficial for them, for for, for people to purchase within the market, which is, you know, there's a lot of ownership and MLS activities very, very hot on the on the owner front. Well, that's great for us, too, because that that further increases and drives values and enables our investors to refi their properties at higher numbers. Because when you when we do our renovations, we, we don't we don't produce a product that's completely designed for a homeowner, let's say not every single detail is going to be looked after. It's still a rental property, but it's a higher end rental property in the sense that we will redo the kitchen, redo the bathrooms, you know, do a lot of upgrades inside. So it could be passed off <laughs> if, 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 you know, if an investor decided to exit and let's say, you know, they no longer had a tenant in there, they could get rid of it on MLS by maybe just painting it and doing some small touch-ups, you know, and still sell it to a homeowner and, near top of the market value, which has always been our strategy, which is always why we've gone to the bigger homes. You know, a lot of some investors prefer buying these small little bungalows in sort of C-class neighborhoods because the cap return is higher. But I always advise our investors, you know, to actually go to the bigger homes, go to the better neighborhoods, go to the B-class neighborhoods, B, B-classes, or ones that are turning into Bs, you know, um, that are that are very hot because the bigger we found that you know generally speaking the biggest homes are the ones that gave produced the highest returns for us personally in our portfolio and the better the neighborhood the bigger the house you know we've always made the most money so we've really just tried to duplicate it for for your clients for our clients you know just so just so everybody has the best long-term experience and when they do exit they have a 
a really nice pop, or if they choose to refi and expand, they, they, they have the most equity. I always, I always just say, I, I always like exactly express to our clients what Wojtek has just said, right? You know, when you start, because most of the people who approach us, you know, look at this style of investing is not just buying one property, but maybe, you know, like see themselves having like six or seven or eight or 10 of these homes and doing something meaningful for their family to pass down or, or to exit, you know, if they want to sell later. You know, if you start with these better homes in the B-class neighborhoods or ones that are turning to these, you know, to start, your investment, you'll always have that asset that, you know, will be the rock of the portfolio or, or two of them to be the rocks of your portfolio that will be worth so much more, more down the line. If you want to venture out a little bit, you know, as we continue the journey, maybe get some of those lower uh, priced bungalows Voitech talked about in the series that have high cap rates, that could be a good add-in. But we, I always like to get people going first with the good quality colonials because they're still affordable. And they're going to be worth a lot, like we've been trying to say to this, and they're always going to be there. And we have, like Wojtek said, you know, with him and Pamela investing so much down there with their own personal portfolio, um, you know, we've, we've seen the results, right? And, you know, we just follow the same models. That's and, it. you know, and the price, just, just wanted to add, the price is, the jump is so small that you're going from, you know, like bad parts of Scarborough into North Toronto for $40,000. Like, you know what I mean? Like it would just, if I told you that here, you wouldn't even hesitate for a second. You would say, Oh, of course, of course I'll take the one in Rosedale. Right. (laughs) You know, but, but sometimes as a percentage, people look at it and say, Oh, it's an extra $40,000, but like, look, it's only $40,000 in real estate. It's not a lot of money. And you're going into a totally different class and, you know, and your long-term experience from a tenant standpoint, because, you know, we manage these, assets for investors every day and yeah. so we take full responsibility from a to z for the process and then for tenanting and then making sure that it performs long term for you that we can you know we can address yeah. the maintenance in an affordable way and so we really want your you know our clients to have the best possible experience long term you know the lowest Absolutely. be little hiccups along the way with because it's property and you know stuff might pop up or there might right. be you know some delay or this and that but but long term over 15 20 years we want everybody to do amazingly well and this is what we found that it's, it's just the best way the best strategy to achieve that and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors Are you a real estate investor or entrepreneur looking to get out there and network with some awesome people? Then the Have Your Cake and Eat It Too is a retreat you won't want to miss. Treat yourself to a three-day retreat, focus on your health, wealth, and time for yourself on the site of the new luxury Inspire Beach Resort. This retreat will include live bands, great speakers, yummy food, delicious drinks, fun activities, and lots of time for networking. For more information and to get your ticket, visit www.saralarby.com. And now back to the show. What I think is really, it really important is that every, every area has a different strategy. And I just want to go back to that because like when I was talking, I had Jared Hope on the podcast recently, and we were talking about like the best strategy for Alberta. And it wasn't necessarily like full burrs, but you know, they were conversions. You just don't get everything out, but the cash flow is a lot better. Ontario, I mean, the birth strategy has been working, you know, conversions have, have been working really well. And I think in, in Michigan, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, creating a, a two unit in a colonial home may not be the best uh, right. strategy for that market. And I think that's just a really important thing, right? Is like, you have to match the strategy with the market that you're investing in and it has to meet your goals. There's cash flow, there's equity, there's mortgage pay down. There's lots of different goals mm-hmm. you can have. You can have a combination of both, but 
you know, you can't always assume that you're going to do this strategy that's going to work the same everywhere. So, so to go back, Michigan, I think it's, is it a four bedroom home that like, what's like the like that's right. bread and butter, like, uh, like awesome deal. I remember like hearing you guys mentioning four bedroom homes, but like, maybe just give us some insight on like, what is like the deal to get in Michigan or the strategy? Well, I'll talk really briefly about it and pass over to Voitech, but you're right. There's a recipe. Okay. And it's funny. Like, you know, when I, everybody, you know, who I speak to from Ontario is always like looking for the single family duplex conversion. They're always looking to put the, you know, the extra extra space into a property where we've had the most success uh, and continue the most success is the single family program due to, due to the, you know, the asset style and the neighborhood quality in Detroit, where we like to operate in these key hot pocket neighborhoods, it's single family homes, right? We've had the greatest appreciation, the least amount of problems and the most uh, longevity tenants in, in these neighborhoods. The ideal situation, you know, for these for this this method that we like to do, which is like to, to buy with cash and then refi, there's a, there is a recipe I always like to talk about, and it really is you want to have this the right square footage, right? First of all, you want to be in the right neighborhood, right? Where Wojtek knows where to buy and where not to buy, so you want to be in the right neighborhood on the right street. Then you want to have the right square footage, which is between fifteen hundred and two thousand square feet. Three to four, if we could ever put a fourth bedroom in there, it really helps with the, the rent generation and the appraisal value long-term. And then lastly, we want to have a home that has the right amount of you know, renovation budget, right? So in that, today's market, that sweet spot really runs on a home that you know we can sell fully turnkey between around 139 to 159,000 USD, okay? Um, and that, you know, it's not really that hard to figure out where that price is coming from. We're acquiring the homes, we're putting the renovation in, we're running a business and then we're selling it. And that's just the cost today. You know, those are the homes that generate uh, the best long-term appreciation and short-term uh, equity capture for our clients to scale with. Yeah. And we've been really, and we've been, you know, lucky and fortunate that we've been able to pass on some of this equity to some of our clients. And, you know, and it's not always that, you know, every deal is going to have some, but, you know, we recently had a, a property that we sold to a gentleman for, I think, 99000 and it appraised right. for 170 right? You know, like- 185. 185, right? Oh, 185. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. There was another was. case. We sold a, a property to to a group. It was 149 and it appraised for 249. You know, it's, I mean, and that was only six months later. And That's we knew right. this. We knew there was equity because we, we just follow our formula, which is, you know, look, here's the cost. Here's, you know, here's the cost of renovations. And then we do a small markup and then we sell it. So if there's equity left, fantastic. That's good for you. And we, we hope that, you know, you will take the extra equity and reinvest it back with us or do whatever you want to do with it. You know, so, but, but we're able to offer that on some deals in Detroit. And, and so, you know, that's obviously, you know, our, our buyers have been thrilled with that because they can burr effectively and, uh, you know, and get really nice LTVs. So, yeah, for sure. So just to recap though, can I, can, so I just want to, I just want to review your business model. So essentially you find the house, you, you know, you source it through whatever, whatever different avenues, you know, if a house is worth X, you estimate the best renovations to get the best ARV and you package that's it. Right with already the renovations that you're going to do. So let's just say it's 140,000. I'll use, you know, a similar number, 140,000 that includes the house plus the renovations, plus, you know, whatever small, small fee that you take, obviously to, to manage it. You sell that knowing there's going to be meat on the bone. They close on it ideally with cash. And then six months later you do the refi and, 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 I, and you have the team, you have the, the ability to get them set up right with the right lawyer, the right accountants, and you're doing the property manager. Is there anything I'm missing? 
You got it, sir. I wish I could have written all that down so I could remember it. Like that is the perfect description of our, our turnkey operation, right? We source properties, you know, off market and some on MLS in key neighborhoods, right? We send our contractors in to evaluate them. If it's going to be a good fit where the home, you know, can be acquired for A, the rehab goes in and we can sell it at our full, you know, high-end turnkey rental state for a certain cost and it fits that criteria where there's going to be some equity, you know, then it's a match. The Voitech will, will pull the trigger and pick it up, right? And then, you know, I put it on uh, Proformas. Uh, we have the property under control. We'll offer it to our Canadian investors uh, as an investment. I'll, I'll review it with with people who are you know looking to to acquire with us, and then and then we get them fully set up. You know, during the time that White Tech has the contractors doing the, the renovations, you know, I'm working with the clients to get them set up with our U.S. or Michigan attorneys for the proper entity formation, for taxation and liability, um, and then we you know we work through the process. And essentially, I guide people uh, from you know conceptualization through the turnkey. Uh, turkey system to, to be able to acquire these properties through a title agency. It's not that hard, you know. I mean, we really are a one-stop shop. What are the costs? So, like, other than let's call it one hundred and forty thousand dollars for yeah. you know purchase to purchase that property. Like, what are their costs? Mm-hmm. Should somebody factor in? It's low. So, I mean, you're looking at the setup fee with the attorney, right? So if you use ours, which I would recommend because we have so much experience setting up our structure, I think he has a package deal for around $1,300, $1,350, which includes the incorporation of your two entities in Michigan. He'll also do some bookkeeping for you, including that and review closing documents. So that's one cost, right? You're also going to want to hire a third-party property inspector if you, you know, to be your eyes and ears at, at the home. Uh, they'll go in. The typical rate for a single family in Detroit is around 300 US. SD, okay. Uh, we'll go over the uh, the report together, um, but that's the, the responsibility of the buyer is to hire the inspection, and then you're going to have some closing costs, land transfer tax, um, you know, title insurance, and a compliance fee, which is a little bit over. Uh, I think it's around two thousand or two twenty five hundred maximum at the end, right? So it you know it's it's not that much. And that's really about it. You know, uh, there was a, a, a city lead inspection and compliance fee. We've had some news recently that may be incorporated into the section eight inspection, but um, yeah, that's it really. I mean, it's just a setup fee, uh, the property inspection and, and some closing costs. On average. And I know that's going to vary property by property, but what is the average cash flow in U.S. dollars per month that somebody's getting net net of expenses? Well, I can answer that for sure. So it's a great question. So we're, we're fluctuating between like uh, anywhere from a seven to an 8.5 cap on our, on our big colonials, right? So when you're looking at a home of that nature generating like 1350 to 1400, or maybe a little less in rent, uh, the expenses are low. So, you know, you're, you're paying out a, a property management fee, whether it's to our property management company or another third party uh, of 10%, that's standard rate in Michigan. So that's, you know, we'll take off $130. Uh, it's about the same for insurance it's right now. You know, it's around $100, $120 a month. Uh, and then we're saying that you should, put, as an investor, put aside any contingency, some maintenance expense of $50 a month. Hopefully you don't use it, but a month you know, 17, you got to stake a drain. It's there at a 4% vacancy. So you're still, you know, on average, you know, you're looking at, on an unleveraged purchase around 900 
925 a month in positive cash flow after expenses. Un unleveraged meaning if you buy the property cash and you're not going and refinancing it afterwards, right? So no, I mean you could no, it just means it's unleveraged at the, at the point of purchase, right? So those are the returns. Okay. Now if you once it's after six months when our clients are eligible for the US refinancing, it would be the same numbers, but with the addition of a mortgage. Okay. After getting again your 70% of the appraisal value back out. Mm -hmm. uh, it cuts it in half, you know, so you're looking at because of the addition of the mortgage, you, you, it's still pause, cash flow positive uh, around 400 US a month. So it's great. It's a very strong market where you can leverage your money, pull out your, your, your refinancing at a mortgage and still be cash flow positive. You mentioned yeah, and, that. I just, just wanted to add, James, as well, that the, um, you know, recently, because we've had some new lenders come on board, you know, we've been able to bring our interest rates down by a point, point and a half. So there that number's go. really increased. You know, it's been, it's been great. I mean, I, I had some personal properties in Florida that we just refinanced. And, you know, under the old lending terms, I would be paying an extra $300 a month wow. additionally, you know, so that's all just additional uh, cash flow. And we we're encouraging a lot of people to, to jump on board and refinance. You know, there, there are some anticipated uh, interest rate increases like quarter point here and quarter point there, maybe, you know, throughout the year, but, you know, in the grand scale of things, it's not that much, you know, what's anticipated, but because we're able to, to be now around four and a quarter, four and a half percent. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing and for us, for nationals investing in another country, those are very good rates, uh, you know, because us, us nationals will pay three and a half, you know, so we're just, we're very close to that number now uh, from our new lenders. Is it, I remember a, when it was six. Uh, yeah. Is it a 20-year, 25, 30-year M? Like, what are we looking for amortization? 30-year, 30 30-year 30 terms. Yeah, so it's it's great because you're, you know, basically you only have, a, and you only have a prepayment penalty for the first five years and it's five, four, three, two, one. So you pay 5% of the remaining mortgage year one and 4% year two, 3% year three, et cetera. So, but after five years of holding the asset, you don't have any prepayment penalties, but you can ride out the mortgage without any need to refi or requalify again for the next 25 years. So they're really good deals, in my opinion. And if you can lock yourself in at four and a quarter right now, I mean, it's it's incredible because, you know, these interest rates will, may go up at some point. Uh, they're not going to come, they're going to get much better <laughs> than they yeah. are now. So we're telling people just finance or refi as much as you can right now, because it's just, it, it, it's terrific long-term for you. Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, that was that was a, a great point there. And and I know the financing in the US is quite different, right? Where they have long terms versus us. It's mostly, I don't know, three years, five years, and we don't see a, a 30 year actual, like not only just an amortization, but an actual 30 year term or 10 year term or 15 years term. So I, again, like, you know, the, the financing roadmap will, could change down the road, but that that is awesome. So in, in the time that we're recording this, this is this is what's happening in the US. James and Voitech, I mean, you guys have, have done a lot of deals, you know, with, uh, with investors. What is one insight that maybe you learned uh, along the way that you can share with somebody that's, you know, figuring out should they invest in Ontario? Should they invest in the U.S.? Why invest in Detroit, in your opinion? Why invest with you guys? Well, I'll, I'll briefly, it's straight up. It's, it's, it's the availability of ample acquisition at far less of a, a cost with higher cash flow, right? Um, you know, they're, they're, I speak to a lot of people who are frustrated with that, uh, who are looking for the next deal that they can't find. And if they can, it's extremely expensive with minimal cash flow. You know, we're, we've gone to Michigan where Voitech did it, you know, initially, you know, for a reason. And uh, if I could add any advice, it would be if you are looking at going, you know, down to a market that's not very far away, 
but is in a different country like the United States is uh, in Detroit, uh, I would look for a team that's going to be, you know, your, give your advice and, and show you the way to do it because there's a lot that could potentially uh, go awry. And I think, that the, you know, our, our real uh, strength is, is that all of that experience that we have, the boots on the ground, the property management, the sourcing, the knowledge in the neighborhoods. And I would always encourage somebody to, to latch onto an operator like ourselves. Uh, have the courage to do it, reach out, ask questions, let us teach you and be, you know, your, your guide. And then you'll, you'll be so much better off because, you know, it's, it's a different market and it doesn't take much to go from where you want to be to where you don't want to be. And certainly, you know, when I first went down there, if I didn't have somebody like, you know, Voitech and, and the team, I would have no idea. Right. And, um, yeah, so I would really would support that. And I would just say that it's, it is attainable. It, it's affordable and, and we're here to help. Okay. Awesome. We're going to do the lightning round next. And you guys have been on the show three times. So I'm just going to make up new questions for you guys. <laughs> Ready to play? <laughs> All right. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at complete pminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. Question number one, if it wasn't Detroit or Florida, where else would you want to be invested and why? James, let's start with you. Do you know, I mean, I don't, I'm, if it was Detroit or Florida, there's some other areas, you know, like down in the South. I, I like to go to Georgia and Atlanta. You know, I, I've, I've heard of, you know, a lot of similar stories down there. Some of my clients have been really successful. And I know people are going out to Texas as well. I don't have, a, you know, as interestingly enough, I really focus so much on what I do here at U.S. Properties. I don't have a huge amount of knowledge of a lot of the other states, but I hear a lot of people going down to those regions. And I, I think Georgia and Texas for sure. So it would be the U.S. though. It still would be the U.S.? Absolutely. From what I've seen now, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be biased, but uh, it really is a, a far better investment, I think. Okay, Wojtek, what about you? Agreed. I would say Georgia and, and California, you know, we've been looking at, at parts of San Diego and, yeah. you know, in, in that area. I mean, the prices have gone up there a lot, but because there's still deals there and there's still, you know, San Diego has some neighborhoods that are still run down and we're looking at some, you know, at some potential assets there. Um, yeah, those, those two states. Okay, awesome. Next question. If somebody has $50,000, and they want to invest with you guys. I know that's not a lot, but what are some creative strategies that they can do? Voitech, maybe we'll start with you. Sure. Well, I would recommend asking us for a property that has some equity and, 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 you know, and, and acquire it. Uh, what you could do is you can purchase the property with uh, some bridge financing with the 50,000. Uh, some people that don't have enough, enough cash, but they want to burr um, a strategy that some of our investors have used and I've used in the past is I've purchased assets with bridge financing, uh, you know, still using that leverage, still putting down my 50,000 to acquire a $150,000 asset that after that, that is actually would appraise down the road with a refi for maybe 180 or 200. Uh, 
And so, so I would use those funds. I would purchase it with, with bridge financing. I would hold it for the six months that's required by the traditional long-term lenders, right. especially in a super hot market like Michigan, where, you know, the values are continuing to go up and we're expecting great spring market. And then come June, you could be looking at, you know, doing a refi at a higher rate with a traditional lender. And, and you know, at that point, getting that $180,000, $200,000 valuation, and getting most of your money back, you know, and still sitting there now with the property and the $50,000 or close to it, you know, maybe you end up with 40 left or so because of some lender fees, et cetera. But, you know, the bulk of that money remains, you know, and then rinse and repeat, you know, I think, I think it remains the best, the worst kept secret in real estate, but uh, I think it's the best strategy for anybody who's getting started, you know, and, and if you have the desire to do it, you can really buy as many properties as you can long-term, you know, sky's the limit, you know, and you can, you can, you know, change that you know create generational wealth for your families you know it's it's a it's an incredible strategy and that's what i would do if if i was everything got taken away and i got just left with 50 that's what that's what i would do right away okay awesome great answer james what about you I really liked what I took out to Sarah there. I found it really inspiring, right? I mean, I would, like for 50,000, I mean, I would definitely look into into Detroit because there's still attainable acquisition there. I probably at this point, they're looking to finance something. You know, I would, I would, definitely lean on somebody's expertise like, like Wojtek and maybe, you know, follow the strategy he just mentioned. Uh, I think it'd be more advantageous to do something like that than say, just look for a $50,000 bungalow um, while they produce good yield. It's really the end of the line right there because they, they're not overly refinanceable at the moment. Whereas I think there are some financing options which are just continuing to mature and get better for foreign nationals that allow us to, uh, to scale and get access to that sort of growth in the United States. Okay. All right. Great answer. Question number three. What is in 2020, other than the MLS, the next best spot in your opinion to get deals? Um, yeah, wait, go ahead. Sure. So look, with potential interest rate increases, they're, they're expected to be some defaults. Um, so if you know the area well, and you know how to research properties that may fall into tax foreclosure, um, tax auctions would be a place that I would potentially explore. Um, in particular, you know, if I was to choose whether I would go into a tax auction in Michigan or Florida, I would choose Florida uh, because it's a more established market and you're, you know, in Michigan and specifically, specifically in Detroit, you really have to know the neighborhoods because you could be buying a house that's in a war zone, you know, in a tough neighborhood and, and you don't want to be there. Right. And so, you know, whereas in Florida, it's more established. So you're going to be looking at, at most of the areas are, are fine. Right. You know, you know, and you can consult a real estate agent or whoever, when you're purchasing. And if you're able to do the research on them and have the title company, most importantly, do research on title and find out whether, you know, it will require quite title suit or any has any liens etc on the property and if it's clean title and if it's not it doesn't have a tenant inside and you can buy something with equity that would be the area where i would look um you know it there hasn't been a lot of foreclosures in you know during covid because the government restrictions have prevented uh, you know the laws prevented from that from occurring although there has been some on vacation properties etc so i would look at the tax foreclosure because you know you can pick up if you're 
savvy and you know and, and you're willing to be patient and learn it you know you can get stuff with 30 percent equity there and that's enough for you to burr and you know and then you just need to find a contracting team uh, in the area to to help you do the renovations and and you can sell it for you know a nice profit so uh so so i, I would say tax auctions yes okay tax auctions what about you james well, I'm just listening to everything I'm learning as well. Like that's great advice. You know, I you know I I always am an advocate for latching on. If you know, like there's a slide to the MLS to a full turnkey operator like ourselves, right? Let us do that. You know, we, we're sourcing off market, on market, you name it, right here. So I mean, if you're looking for a specific area uh, that you're looking to invest in, and you're looking for quality properties, uh, you know you want that advice and you want that experience and you want that ease of coming to somebody like ourselves and that's all we source right so that grows you know from the experience of five years of doing this you know month in and month out and acquiring these homes um you know we have that expertise we have the brokers you know and we have uh, the ability to you know really acquire quality off-market and on-market properties for our clients Amazing. All right. Well, that was a lightning round because you guys expanded and gave us so much value. So <laughs> we're going to wrap it up here. But on that note, yeah. Voitech, James, where can our listeners, my listeners reach out and find out more or if they want to do a deal through you, how can right. they do that? Well, we have a great website. It's, it's usproperties.ca. Um, again, I'm James. I'm the national sales manager. You can reach me at James at usproperties.ca. We look forward to, you know, to connecting and, and just going over our, our, our services to your, to your listeners and we're always available. Awesome. Wojtek, any last final words of advice? Um, I would say, you know, when you're considering any real estate investment strategy, I, I always tell people always, always look at the long-term benefits of owning real estate. Uh, you know, I, I believe that real estate is the single best investment of uh, that anyone can make. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, you know, most real estate investments that you will make will make you some money, <laughs> you know, and if you're really smart about it, the really good ones will make you a lot of money in a very short period of time. And, and, you know, and, and it's relatively easy money, you know, <laughs> like, you know, there, there are far more difficult ways of, of, of earning, you know, a living. And so, but I think, I think what people, I, I think new investors, and I know some of you on this podcast may be new to the game and are considering it for the first time. Um, I think the keys is, you know, the key to, to, to being successful is to take action and, yes. you know, and to start and, you know, and, and, and gather information and learn and educate yourself, but don't have analysis paralysis, you know, have, have a strategy and, and follow a good one and, and learn from people like Sarah who have had success, who are sharing really good information with you and, uh, and then take action and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and most importantly, once you do take action and decide on a property, decide on a strategy, see it through. Uh, because what I've seen from some am amateur investors is they, you know, they purchase one property and, you know, six months later, you know, it's Bitcoin or it's, you know, it's whatever the next hot thing comes across their plate and they decide, Oh, now I want to exit and I want to put money here. And, and that's when you don't make it. That's the only time when you don't make any money, really, you know, when, when you decide to exit after two or three months. And so uh, have long-term vision, have a plan and, and have some really good resources, you know, such as this podcast to educate yourself and, and you're going to have phenomenal success uh, long-term. Amazing. That's great advice. James Wojtek, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you both on. And uh, if you're listening to this, reach out to James 
and he, you can get more information, more insights and, uh, and more insights on deals as well that you guys have done in the past that I'm sure you'd be uh, more than happy to share. Awesome. Thanks very much for being on the show, guys. Thank you for having us, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that work. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.